Hi, I'm Reverend Grant Mansfield. And I'm Rabbi Andy Warmflash. And this, this is Common Grounds. Well, hey, Andy, it's great to see you. How are you doing? Very well. Thanks. I'm looking forward. My wife and I are taking a little vacation cool. next week and looking forward to that. Great. Where are y'all going? We're going to Florida where it's warmer. Yes. Oh, praise God for that. <laughs> we're, we're also going away next week, too, but it's to Philadelphia, so we're, we're keeping the cold. S- well, slightly warmer. Slightly, slightly warmer. Maybe like a degree or two, but uh, y'all, y'all get the nice tropical like yeah. or uh, palm trees and all that. Yeah. One hopes. One hopes. <laughs> we'll see with the weather the way it is now. You, you never know. Yeah, yeah. So what's been on your mind? What, um, what, what's... So I actually, I was thinking back, and it struck me, the conversation we had quite some time ago. Mm. You, you asked me to be part of a small committee, which I was thrilled to do. Yeah, a discernment but, group. Right, yeah. the discernment group. And I really wasn't sure about mm-hmm. it. And you said to me, well, pray on it and let me know. And mm-hmm. I'm just really intrigued because that's not mm. an expression Jews use. Really? Uh, yeah. What do you mean by it? Oh, gosh. Well, I mean, when I say something along the lines of pray on it, I guess it's kind of surface level of, of take it to God in prayer and, and reflect on it. And I guess if we're going to a deeper sense in it, it's whenever I say pray on it, it's an invitation to see that whatever... Uh, choice or thing that we're holding, we're not meant to make it as a decision on our own. We're meant to, con- you know, take it to God and and seek God's wisdom in that. What does our Holy Scripture say about it? What do the teachings of Jesus help us understand whatever we're holding? Or, you know, even seeking the the connectivity of God's people in the community. Right. It's but but the core of it is we don't just make a decision in the moment. Yes. We, we take a step back and we reflect and. And take all these things into consideration. Yes. So I would easily say reflect on it, mm-hmm. right? But reflection and prayer are, are not really... I mean, yeah. do you say, God, help me decide? Is that a prayer you say when you pray on something? Oh, I don't know if I would use that exact language. And, and I'll preface this by saying... The language that I use in my personal prayers has changed over time. The more I've gotten to know God and my relationship with God has deepened, I've found I've removed a lot of kind of the eye-focused language in my prayers, and it's more of an invitation to God coming in. So rather than saying something like, God, help me make this decision, it's more of, God, in this moment, what path are you calling me? Uh-huh. Uh, so it's it's seeking not my will or necessarily what I think is best, but inviting God to help reveal to me, where is it that you feel me pulled? What mm-hmm. What is my calling in this moment? And I think that ties into that greater understanding in the Christian tradition that we we have a, a that, that each of us are made uniquely. And because of that uniqueness, there is a way that God enables us to live that out that can be a part of God's mission in the world. And so it's important to reflect on how God invites us to use our gifts right. rather than for our own selfish gain. If that right. yes. makes sense. So I'm sorry to keep pushing that. I'm just no, no, really please. interested in this. Yeah. So how do you 
discern whether or not what you're, the sense you're getting is what the path that God, mm -hmm. you know, has chosen for you or, or wants you to follow. And, you know, something that you'd say, well, I'd feel good if I did that or, mm, you yeah. know, like how, how do you tease that apart? You don't, you don't yeah. hear a voice, right? You're not a, a prophet where God <laughs> is speaking to you. I mean, I, so, I, I don't think so. Anyway. I mean, and some have attested to hearing God in many different ways. But when, when I talk about discerning and going to God in prayer in this, in the Episcopal Church, there is a, a particular way that we look at that. And it's called, well, we've nicknamed it the three-legged stool. But it essentially it comes from uh, Thomas Cramer, who is the Archbishop of Canterbury when our church started. But he talks about we engage our faith through scripture, reason, and tradition. Mm -hmm. And that when we pray and when we're discerning something or a choice that's in front of us, we're meant to consult each one of those things. And first and foremost is scripture. That's kind of like the, the heaviest right. beast of this is where we see God fully revealed. We see the teachings and the life that Jesus calls us to live and in the full embodiment of how God wants creation to be. So we consult scripture and we take whatever we're carrying to that. But then we also look to the wider community, our church our families and friends, and we discern what's the wisdom here, knowing that mm -hmm. what, what we see in Scripture is that wisdom of God and how God works in the world is passed down through others, and we, we discern that together. Yes. So you consult people. And then there's the fact that God gave us intellect. God gave us our reasoning skills, our mind to be able to kind of think through things. And so we have to process those other two pieces with that particular what whatever it is that we're holding and saying, does this resonate with the teachings that mm -hmm. we hear in God, right? Like if you're discerning something in the 21st century around technology, you're not going to find something in scripture written about iPods or iPads or, you know, what yes. you do with certain situations. But we can use our deductive reasoning. What's the lesson here and how might that yes. apply here? So when we talk about discerning, it's it's pulling all three of those things together and then lifting it up to God and saying, this is the most faithful response that I hear from you through mm. all these different lenses. So that's kind of how we understand That's really discerning. interesting. Um, yeah. what, what does that look like so, in the Jewish tradition? Well, I'm getting okay. the sense y'all so don't, we don't approach use, it this way. We don't use language like that. But if you are a Jew who takes Judaism seriously as a guide in your life, study would have a part of it. Talking to people also has a part of it. Um, and there is this sense that through sacred texts, mm. we come to understand the path we're meant to take. And I, I think mm. that notion of meant to, mm. right? Mm. It, it's a little different than the path that God has chosen. It's a little less theological, mm -hmm. at least I, I would say it's a little less overtly theological, though yeah. I think it is theological. So the summer before I graduated college, I, I was a little bit lost. I was able to graduate in three years, and that meant, wow. what am I going to do next? Right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> right? And I was trying to figure it out, and I thought I'd go to law school, and my father thought it was a good idea, So, but I, I realized I didn't want to go. It was mm -hmm. just sort of practical. And I said to a friend of mine, I think I'm going to go out of Egypt this year. I just Go have this uncanny Egypt. sense. 
And ultimately, that led me to more serious Jewish study, which I didn't realize the connection. I sort of forgot about the conversation, and I remembered mm -hmm. it. So I wouldn't call that praying on it exactly, mm -hmm. but responding deeply to it. And it was over Passover. It made yeah. it sort of real. Yeah, the so, potency of it was yeah, there. Yeah, so I think there is that. But I think that there's also a hesitancy mm. to say, you know, this is what God has chosen for me. It, it feels mm. almost like hubris. It feels there's a mm. certain element of it mm -hmm. that, who am I to say, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, no, I, I definitely hear that. And, and I will say on the word chosen in this, in some branches of, Christianity, there, there is, there is an understanding of that in our theology, right? Of, you know, God has a plan for you. Your path is laid out, and you just have to find what that path is. That, that's not what I am, am referring yes. to when we speak no, to this. No, I, I clearly, I clearly yeah. hear that. Yeah, it, it's more of, it, it's choose, it, it, it's the inviting of God into, into the conversation, right? And it's saying how can I live most faithfully in this moment, knowing that whatever path you will be present in me with it or with me in it. But it's, I guess it's, it's looking intentionally about our, our decisions and our actions and, and it's less, well, and I'm, I'd be fascinated how y'all kind of navigate this in Jewish tradition. But I know for me and what I share with my prisoners is prayer is less about asking God for things. And it's more of, inviting the space for us to be changed by God. It's more of us showing up and being present with God rather than God being a fairy godmother, let me ask you for things mm -hmm. and you give me the direction kind of thing. It's more of that relationship building space. What, what does that look like in Jewish prayer? Um, I, I think it is similar. Jewish prayer tends to be, I mean, when people think about Jewish prayer, they principally think about what goes on in the synagogue rather than... Mm private prayer at least that's the first thing that comes to mind because that's very well formulated mm, mm -hmm. you know there's structure and, and so on but if you look at the torah mm -hmm. right we see lots of examples of prayer mm -hmm. um, one of the ones I'm, I'm fascinated by is abraham's servant who is sent Mm, uh, mm -hmm. by his master to find a wife for his son Isaac. Mm -hmm. Isaac, he doesn't want to go, him to go himself. He shouldn't leave the promised land. Uh, so his servant is dispatched, mm -hmm. and the servant has this very difficult task of wh who's the girl yeah. and how do I know? And so he prays mm -hmm. on the way, and he says, God, let the girl who shows me great hospitality who offers me not only water because I'll be parched from the journey, but even to feed my camels, to help yeah. them drink, which is a prodigious amount of water. If you think about what camels drink. Yeah, they, they drink right? a lot. That's right. So he sets up this test. Mm -hmm. And in fact, he shows up and there is Rebecca and she does this. Yeah. And so he knows, right? Mm -hmm. So that test... It's really a private prayer, right? Mm. He's he's asking for guidance yeah. in in a serious way, but he also is setting up a test. Like this yeah. is how I will know. Mm. Yeah. So I don't think we have anything like that in my. Do you, do you have anything like that? 
Oh, I mean, oh, I mean, for me personally, I I don't recall. I mean, there's very little space that I would say in in Christian prayer where I would personally advocate of God. This is the exact way that I'm meant to hear what you're saying. So, like, if I'm supposed, if this is the right one, reveal it in this way, like that. I I don't know what I hear in that is maybe putting like a directive on God almost, which, you know, that comes across as hubris to me of like, yes, who am yes. I, Lord? But but what I hear in the servant's prayer, right, is what's underneath it, right? Like in that one moment, here's the particular of what I'm thinking it needs to look like, but underneath it, it's, Lord, I want that this partner for my master's son, I want her to have this great heart and this great compassion. Yes, there, he's really talking about a value which is deeply ingrained in Abraham's exactly. family, right? He's exactly. the master of hospitality. Yes, but yeah. what about, so let's take this, as, talk. Mm-hmm. Of, set aside the specifics. Yeah. Lord, show me a sign. Mm. Yeah, I think that is definitely a part of our tradition. Whether or not we are open and aware enough to receive the signs, I think it's different. I think God responds to our prayers constantly. And I think that God is always moving around us. But whether or not we hear God is different, right? Mm. You know, like, are we so wrapped up in, in the ego and the I and our way forward that we neglect to hear the voice of God speaking to us from the person next to us or in this one moment that happened in front of us? or in this innocuous way that we never would have expected. Yeah, I think actually signs are, and I believe in them, Mm -hmm. but only retrospectively. That Mm -hmm. that, So there's this great story, right? It's actually what we read in the Torah this week, Mm -hmm. coincidentally, but it is Moses being sent to Egypt to deliver the people, and God says, this will be a sign for you. Mm. Once you've left Egypt, you will come back to this mountain. Mm. Well, that doesn't really help, <laughs> right? <laughs> right? Really. Right. Only afterwards. <laughs> Only right. Yeah. And there is that sense, maybe that you could see the signposts, mm-hmm. but you can't discern them ahead of time. Yeah, well, it, it, I'm with you on that, it, right? Because it, it comes down to that awareness piece, right? Like, you know, we we have this saying in our culture more broadly of you always have perfect vision, kind of like looking back, you know, 2020 looking back. And it's that way, right? Of Again, we, we get caught up in our own selves and our own things that we can't see what's going on around us. I think about when I was going through my own ordination process and when yeah. when I first went to speak with my chaplain about it, and the first time it kind of came off my lips, oh, it was it was a prayer for me. But like in the moment, I was like, I've never considered this. This is not hmm. what I ever thought God was calling me to do in my life. And then I started sitting with God and inviting God to just to just be with me and help process wherever this is going. And then God was leading me to to look back at all these things. And then all of a sudden, like you said, 2020, I see all these signs all over yes. the place from my childhood. I mean, there was someone when I was 12 years old who told my mom, he's going to be a minister one day. And I laughed and walked <laughs> away and forgot all about it. But, but, yes. but, but, but so but you the connected the dots. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, one of the things that God says to Moses, right, is man cannot see me and live, but you'll be able to see my back. Yeah. And, and I love that as a metaphor for retrospectively. Mm-hmm. You can see 
what's left in God's wake. Yeah. <laughs> you know. So I wanted to ask you one other thing because I, sure. I want to talk about this before we really run out of time. And that is prayers for healing. And this is really, mm. you're asking God very specifically, very right? Specific. Heal this person. Mm-hmm. Um, we're praying, we're asking you to do this. And we have a model for that, of course, in, mm-hmm. in the Torah where Moses' sister is stricken and he says, shortest prayer in the Bible, heal her, God, right? Please, <laughs> yeah. please heal her. Yeah. So I have trouble with this idea. And it's very much a part of the Jewish tradition. Yeah. Um, but... Does that mean God cares less about a person, is less mm. likely to heal them if I don't pray for them? Yeah. Oh, what, that, what are we what are we really doing? Yeah. Oh man, that that's a that's a challenging question. And that's challenging in the in the Christian tradition too, you know, of and I think the way I kind of navigate that is looking at how Jesus went about his healings. And uh, there, there's a, a passage in one of the Gospels where there's a blind man who can't see, and he he asks Jesus to heal him, which you know, yes, he, that's his prayer, and you know, so Jesus uh, spits on some dirt, makes some mud, puts it on his eyes, and he asks him to open them, and he says, "Open them, and what do you see?" And he's like, "Well, I can see something, but it's kind of blurry, kind of thing. Like I can't uh, fully much see much in the way." Yeah, there, there's <laughs> some there, and so Jesus has to repeat it again before his whole sight is there. And so for me, what I hear in that is healing is a process, one. And two, when we ask God for our healings, we don't know what shape or form that will look at. And and again, so that comes back to the nuance of how I've come to to pray is that when we ask for God's healing, we, we can't, in my mind, it's unhelpful for us to have a particular way in which we think God's going to heal that person mm-hmm. because God's healing can look in a whole infinite number of ways. So, you know, for instance, if we have someone who we know is medically terminally ill yes. with something and we and we offer prayers for God to heal this person, are we saying that, you know, God's going to take away the cancer? I mean, our reason tells us this person is dying right. and it will happen. That's not to discount that God can create miracles in that, but what if the healing that happens is the peace that the person comes to, being yes. able to approach death in an intentional way? So I, I wonder, it's more of what, when we ask God for healing, are we creating space for God to respond in different That's ways? That's really interesting because we have a prayer, the classic mm-hmm. Jewish prayer for healing is for rufuat hanefesh for rufuat haguf, which means a healing of the spirit mm. and of the body. Yeah. Right. And sometimes it's the spirit that we're really praying for, yeah. which is very much what you, what you're saying. I yeah. think. Right. We're asking them to come to peace, to you know, to come to acceptance. Yeah. Ironically, right. Yeah. So I I think there is an element of that. I also think. And, and this actually came to me from, from someone who was not Jewish, mm-hmm. right? And, and they said, and I don't even remember what, what illness I had. They said, I'll be praying for you, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And to me, it was like I had an ally. Exactly. Yeah. You know, that I w- and I was strengthened yeah. by that sense. And, you know, where does that strength come from? And... But it's not that important, hmm. right? The knowledge that someone is praying for you, I think, in a time when things don't look good, 
can be so important. It is. It, it's that balm that can kind of heal. And, and that's why I, I find it interesting when the, this idea that prayer is such a personal thing that you can't share it. Well, prayer is, it's deeply personal, but it's also deeply communal too, which I hope we'll tackle in our next yes. episode. But but it ties into that, right? Of like what, the, when you reach out to someone and say like, I'll be praying for you. That That's our way of saying we're in this with you. We, we are walking this with you. And and who's to say that the way that healing comes about isn't through the changing of our hearts? Like I remember in high school, uh, one of my classmates, she was an atheist, had read through the Bible and she was like, well, it says, you know, ask God whatever you want, it'll be given to you. Well, what about, you know, people who were in the military and they lost something in the, like a, a yes. body part in the war and they it won't just grow back? I'm like, yes. But how might the prayers and God moving through the doctors and the technicians create the prosthetics and create that peace in their heart and changing their lives in different ways? Like we, we can't, that, that's not just a personal prayer, right? That That's the community coming together in prayer to bring about healing in a way that we might thought differently, but it's healing yes, nevertheless. Yes, and, and I, just to pick up on, on that, what resonates for me in what you said is that God acts in the world through us, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Amen. Right. God acts through, God heals through doctors, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Maybe there's a miracle, right? Mm-hmm. But, but we don't rely on miracles, yeah. right? And we don't really expect them. But God can work and do miracles in some sense yeah. through us. Yeah. I wonder if we stop seeking miracles because we've become so accustomed to them in the everyday Ah. We forget to see them. There, there is there is this great prayer, which is part of every, and we'll talk about this in terms of communal prayer yeah. next time, right? Of a gratitude for your miracles that are with us every day, morning, evening, and night. Mm-hmm. It's a prayer which is said three times a day at Jewish services. That's How beautiful. true it is, right? So true. Well, man, I'm looking forward to our next conversational Me communal too. prayer. Me too. Have I uh, and and uh, a great vacation to you. Y- yeah, same to you. I hope you come back with a little tan. <laughs> <laughs> All right. See you soon. All right. See you soon.